complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. What do you guys think? What's the over-under on, like, current events slowing down? Because, like, Trump presidency has, has, is, like, you, like, if you're not talking about it 20 minutes after he said it, you're pretty much, like, you have to move on. Right. Oh, I see what you mean, like, going forward. Yeah, do you think that's going to slow down a little bit? The New York Times certainly thinks so. I definitely think it will. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much, like what the news cycle looks like. Right. I do think that there's going to be a significant amount of like covering. Yeah. For I our think new we're president. Gonna, we're going to get a lot <laughs> so. of, there's gonna, I think there's going to be a shift of Trump being the, the golden goose. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be like old school, like Buzzfeed, like shit posting by all of the news agencies that aren't going to have anything to write about. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. But honestly, we're going to get a bunch of Karens writing articles about <laughs> problems they have with stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some of that. I'm predicting that, I mean, like we're already hearing rumblings of a Trump 2024 campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to stop hearing from him, but I honestly think he's going to oh, just no. like fully lean into something like Breitbart and just like, craft his own media empire because like oh that's what i was thinking totally he's talked i mean he's like thrown that idea out there i know right when he first was elected in 2016 Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's totally he's gonna like he has an axe to grind with like fox it's not over until the dude is should support him dead it's basically is basically what we know he's been in the spotlight for a long time yeah yeah, yeah, it's true. He won't go quietly yeah, into he's retirement. Definitely right. he will not <laughs> he's go, not retired. He will he's not go gently into, into this good night. <laughs> right, I'm, right. I'm very interested to see if he goes into media or gets back into, you know, the social sphere yeah. versus the political sphere. How many people are going to come crawling back to him that were his buddies before? Oh, and were really vocal yeah. during his presidency, being anti-Trump, right? But had previously kind of been buddies with him i think it'll be interesting to see like how many of those people potentially many, kind of buddy back so like yeah, who wants to start making money so, from him again yeah exactly so yeah. as what do you guys think and honestly i don't has this episode started maybe it has maybe we could just fade into I where think it, I, I think we're flowing i'm this is great we're having fun um, what do you what do you guys think the possibility is that as the the shambles of a republican party that doesn't have trump at the head of it what do you think the mm-hmm. likelihood is that like Guys who like ran against him in 2016, who had very strong critiques of him, mm-hmm. I think rightly, but then like since he's been president, they've become his like cheerleaders. What do you think the odds are of some of those guys like completely flipping again and being like, oh, well, I was just doing what I had to do to make sure that the party's interests were were upheld, even with such a joker in the president's office. Like I really never really liked him. I just wanted to make sure he felt like it. Cause we know he appeals to, like he likes that kind of thing. I think the results of this election and the fact that it wasn't a blue wave and that 
72 plus million so Americans voted for him. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blue Ripple, exactly. Right. It receded in some places. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think that um, that result is a signal to the Republican Party that um, there's a lot. Trump has coattails. Even though he wasn't elected, he still mm -hmm. has coattails. Definitely. And I think they're going to try to ride that. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to want to isolate his supporters. So mm. I don't think there's going to be any backtracking. I think oh. there's going to be ignoring of things that are uncomfortable. But they're going to try to, and they would be wise to ride that wave. Yep. I think, that metaphor I think they're going to move forward. I don't think Republicans are one to dwell on that kind of stuff. It, yeah. I think they're just going to be like, this is over. So, but so chasing down the wave, the wave metaphor, I'm no surfer, but I know we know surfers. <laughs> and so like, I feel like we're past, I mean, do you think Trump was like, the peak of the really good wave and now the thing is like getting close to the shore and like shrinking a little like is it already broken or do you think it's going to get worse sorry I'm in not, terms of what like the republican like party his populism yeah. and that's brand yeah just the republican party and like yes i think cat you're right i think there's probably some coattails to ride but do you think they're gonna still pull back a little bit and be like hey like trump did good things but like, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's going to be a move somewhere where, like, tried and true Republicans are going to, I don't know. I don't even know what I, I'm trying to say. It's, it's I think the party leadership is going to um, try to sort of bring some more, like, credibility mm -hmm. <laughs> to the party that's, and okay. i don't that's think they're exactly gonna lean into like yeah the annex and the and the chaos and the all caps tweeting but i yeah. do think that some of like because that's kind of their the options right now is like yeah they I either think pull the populist it back rhetoric isn't isn't gonna go away yeah. you know like there's gonna be undertones of that and with a biden presidency there's gonna be ample ammunition for them to sort of gripe on grievances that are probably well-founded um and I think in terms of the media, mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see sort of how they respond to this shift because they really, oh, wow. in many ways, like yeah. degraded their industry over the last four years with their hysteria and and then like blatant censorship in other cases. So it's going to be, I think, anytime you're in sort of the opposing camp media wise from who's in power, there's a great opportunity to like increase your audience because there's because you can complain about stuff and it's mm -hmm. easier to complain about stuff than justify things right, right and so definitely. i think like conservative media has an opportunity to like sort of expand their audience or or just you know make money during this time right and it'll be interesting to see sort of how the left-wing media responds because if they just spend four years sort of covering for like a senile old man and like mm. a secret like socialist like a right. covert commie like uh they might just Call really put the, the covert commie yeah, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> but they might really put like you know sort of a nail in their own coffin with mm -hmm. that so it'll mm. be interesting to see like what path they choose you know yeah there's definitely so i definitely sorry go ahead torna well i'm just gonna say i i you know previously a lot of i think more conservative people were concern that if the democratic party won the presidency that you would see a huge decline and that the republican party wouldn't be able to recover from that and i think that this election showed that a ton of people actually flipped and voted for trump that wouldn't have previously he did incredibly well with minorities he did incredibly well 
with some demographics that you would not think he would have. Um, a lot of Democrats ended up leaving the party because of some of the shenanigans that they've been uh, involved with. And I think that this is actually a really good opportunity for both parties. I think that this presidency, the Democratic presidency, they're going to have to tread lightly and be very careful with how they behave because they Which weren't is just... why Joe Biden was in the general to begin with. That's like... fair. And so I think they're going to really have to be careful with how progressive they get because this yeah. election showed that America doesn't want progressive government. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, for sure. so if they don't tread carefully, I think it's very possible that the Republican party can sweep in mm-hmm. in four years in two years with, well, I mean, they probably well, I mean, will probably will for local. Yeah. Um, well, and or, it, yeah, just and, like and even just speaking, like, right. We, yeah. Like the presidency went blue, but I mean, the Senate is still up as long as Georgia is and mm-hmm. right. in the house. Right. Like they lost so many seats. That exactly. They were not expecting. Yeah. That's why it wasn't a blue wave. And that's right. why Trump has coattails. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I do like and this so angle I though. Good. I do like this angle thinking about like how left leaning media is going to handle the shift. You know, like what is pod save America going to bitch about now? <laughs> I, I, who knows like they don't they won't have a platform no and honestly but, and, you know and there's like there's a sorry honey to cut you off but no, there's just fine. like i'll just say quickly there's like a natural kind of ebb and flow between like democrat administrations and republican administrations where like oh, conservative yeah. media has something to complain about and talk about right. and generate ratings and get people excited and then vice yeah. versa yeah but i think the media over the last four years sort of across the board but especially kind of like traditional liberal left-leaning media became truly like so unhinged and not just because I don't share their worldview, but like they became unhinged objectively and their like constant criticism of Trump and mm-hmm. their, and their willingness to buy into like the Russia collusion narrative, which was proven to be complete garbage based on nothing. And they ran it for uh, a Co- year. Close to four years. I mean, it was three years of media hysteria and like, anyway. And, and, and then so, you have also the, you know, the true, you've got this, the same media that's accusing Trump of posting like doctored videos when they're like clear, like comedy videos. Mm. Oh, right. Like, yeah. It's not like, meant you know, to like, be serious. Yeah. Like really poorly edited, like faces on top of movie scenes. But then they're caught actually editing photos of him and making him look more orange. Right. On headline news, you yeah. know, news news pages, yeah. right? Because yeah. it fits with the narrative, right? Like he's super orange. Well, so, if you see an actual video of him talking, like, okay, right. he's got a he's got a fake tan, but he's not orange, There's right? A, yeah. Well, and so it's it, like, how do they come back from this debasement? You right. know, like what? How do you? And again, if they're just gonna, it'll be interesting if they're just gonna cover for if like the blatant bias continues just in the other direction. I mean, yeah, I yeah, that industry is well, gonna be shaken up big well, time. Well, I mean. Yeah, and every corner of it. Like I was, I was even reading a newsletter. Nerd alert! I read, I read newsletters about the industry of podcasting. That's where I'm at. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of fun, actually, and and viable and and beneficial to okay the career. You so, want to if anyone's interested, it's Hot Pod newsletter. He also has a podcast called Servant of Pod by Nick Qua, and it's very good. <laughs> it's very in depth, like analysis of. The industry. Anyway, so he was in his latest newsletter, he was talking about how the New York Times is really considering what to do with the daily with Michael Barbaro. Mm. 
because like one of their worries is that over the last four years, the daily has been the like tune into the daily to hear Mark Michael Barbaro shit on Trump. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're legitimately having to think through like, okay, like, do we take Barbaro out of this, the, of the host seat for this? Like, do we mix in others kind of how like NPR does up first where they have various hosts come in to tell the, their three stories for the day. Like how do we do this? Because he's kind of branded himself as the guy who hosts the daily and critiques Trump all the time, you know, and like right. they have to think through that That's, because they're one of the most popular news podcasts, daily to news podcasts on right. the internet. So it's hitting everything, man. A big problem is that mainstream media news anchors all pulled that move. Yeah. They're all trying to be the poster child of anti-Trump mm, news, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like need the sound the bite of them and... saying down with Trump just so that they can, right. yeah, just so that their network grows. Right. So it'll be, it will be interesting to see if hopefully they'll get back to maybe reporting okay. important news. It would be nice. Yeah, because the model kind of became like there's a single boogeyman and mm-hmm. he's the 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 culprit for all the ills and all the problems we face. And if there isn't a single boogeyman anymore, like, what do you do? Oh, man, you're going to have to do some journalism. You're going to have to change. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to be an actual journalist. So maybe maybe it'll be good, right? Oh, my God. You're going to have to go outside and you're going to have to ask people questions about stuff. You're going to have to be objective. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, good one with the i okay i feel like that might be the pin in that (laughs) conversation torna i'm tired about (laughs) i'm tired of not talking about alcohol tonight so please please tell me about this drink that we're fueling with well tonight we are drinking the lovely and beautiful french 75 this is a drink that we have had quite a few of in the last week it's been great it has been great (laughs) Let's back up just slightly because yeah. we haven't recorded in three weeks. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or um, four for me because of oh, COVID. Lord. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Woof. So Henning <laughs> and I recorded like three weeks ago. Then we decided to take a little break for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Last week, Kat and I got together on Thursday to record, but Caleb, Shiloh and I had guests over for dinner because you weren't there, Henning. I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe sit around for 30 minutes. Well. We had a cocktail and some lovely salmon chowder that Shiloh made. And we were chatting and I just kind of leaned over to Kat and I was like, I think we're getting a lot more value out of the guests and the dinner that we're sharing. I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? She was free in the afternoon, so we decided we'd do a Friday afternoon recording session. Nice. The guests we had are incredible people. So much knowledge to be gained from them. It was super fun. I'm very happy that we did not record that night. Yeah. A little background on them, just real quick. Yeah, well, go for it. Yeah, Peter. Peter was his name, right? Yep. Peter, um, the gentleman. It was a husband and wife, and their little boy. And Peter had a really interesting story. He and his family um, sort of escaped Soviet-controlled Czechoslovakia. Wow. And lived in Germany for a while, Whoa. and eventually immigrated to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So we had a field day talking about communism with him. Yes. <laughs> and like 20th century history in the Soviet Union. He had a boss. That right. survived Auschwitz right. because he had a twin brother, and the only reason that they were pulled aside was because they were going to be used for Nazi research. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. 
but they managed to escape Germany. And so then that was his boss. And so then we were talking about, you know, Nazi Germany and all of that. Just. Yeah. And rock climbing. His wife was from Japan and they met and fell in love in 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 uh, Joshua Joshua Tree Tree rock climbing. climbing. They're just really interesting. So anyway, we did not record because we were lost in conversation. Shout out to the (laughs) most interesting people ever. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Exactly. So we had French 75s that night. We should get him on your podcast. Yes, actually, I Henning. would love to have. You should him. have him on your podcast. Yes, and our podcast. Yes, both. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting there's, guy. There's a lot of wealth uh, there. Wealth of knowledge. It sounds like yes. And then Friday we got together to record. We had some more French seventy fives because we were not? having a great yeah. time. Yeah. Some of you may have seen my little post on Instagram concerning the never was episode seven. Yeah. Which, I, if you don't follow, at Whiskey Mench Pod, there it is. Whiskey is spelled with an E. Yes. I get asked that a couple times. Like, whiskey is spelled with an right. E for us. Whiskey Bench Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Whiskey and There's the plug. America is just why, whatever. Yeah, we just like um, it. It's fine. But about a third through, I reached back to put a marker on the recording, and I must have hit stop. And so we lost most of the recording. And uh, instead uh, of trying to rush a re-recording, I just said, you know what? We'll all join back up together next week and enjoy each other's company. And this is the energy we open with. This is very good. Yeah, right? yes. just yeah. like, it's just been bottled up for three totally. weeks. <laughs> so we're drinking French 75s, um, yep. a lovely, refreshing drink. It's got gin, lemon juice, and sugar shaken over ice. You strain that into a champagne flute. You should end mm. up with about half of a champagne flute full. And then you top off the rest of it with some nice, crisp champagne. Oh, wow. Okay. It's tart. So, nice. It's delightful. Nice. Bubbly, crisp. There's not, there's not a ton of history around it, just that it was invented in France at a bar called the New York Bar in Paris. And it's named after the right German machine gun from World uh, War One. Artillery Okay, rifle. artillery rifle. The French yeah. 75 millimeter Whoa. cannon. I was listening to a book about about the last hundred days of World War One, and they referenced the French 75, mm, and nice. I was excited because I knew the connection. I was like, oh, I knew that right. That's what it was named after. <laughs> and leave it to the French to good. name a bar after one of our cities. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Good call. Always bagging, bragging about their food and wine, and they're going <laughs> to steal our, our cocktails. That's a fun. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> of all cities, though, New York is a pretty good choice. That's fine. True. Right and on. Paris is nice, too. So Good work. But oh. it's a great drink. I've probably had about eight in the last three weeks. <laughs> God, I've been I making them. So, I kind of got on a French 75 kick. I was They're so great. worried that you were about to say eight tonight. And I was like, no. That's, oh, Lord. That's no. We oh, say yeah. drink responsibly every episode, Stephen. That's crazy. That's no. <laughs> that's responsible for some people. Some people have a high tolerance. Well, but fair, fair enough. enough. Definitions of responsible. No, so very. I've been on a, I've been on a kick. Vary. They're delicious. I've been sharing them with all of our guests. That come over for dinner and various events. Very good. Well, because I've and missed. What are, you, what are you having, Henning? Well, I've I've missed two weeks of recording. So you made it a triple. So I, I it's a generous pour of Lagavulin 16, my friends. Ooh. There you go. I'm getting caught up with my quota. Because <laughs> re- really, go. like is... the only the only time I indulge is when I record a podcast with you guys. I really am not much of a a drinker otherwise. I found the one whiskey I like. 
and it happens to be the most delicious whiskey, don't at mm-hmm. me. Actually, feel free to at me. We can talk about whiskey. That's <laughs> fine. Please. I think we're going to kind of be a little bit on a tangent tonight. But this whole show this, is a tangent. Speaking of, well, exactly. But speaking of at me, I really want people to engage with us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Join the. I just, your tweet earlier that you were like, sometimes real humans engage with my tweets. And I feel really like, oh, I like that. Yeah. And then you, and then I don't remember what you finished with, something along the lines of, uh, but then I realized that like no one engages with my tweets on, on the usual or on the average. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, so uh, shall I just read you. it to you? Cause I can read it. I can tell I you, that. I can tell you the exact like tone of voice I typed it in, you know, <laughs> yes, please. cause that's, that's how you type tweets. Oh boy. Okay. So. Sometimes a real life human being likes a tweet of mine and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Then I think about how often I tweet with no engage and then I'm like, guess I'm not that cool after all. F me, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And it's all lowercase, no punctuation anywhere. Like, (laughs) just like a running. This is why Twitter's good. I like the little short quips, they're entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so we put links to all of our Twitters in the show notes down, like wherever you're listening to the podcast. I'm at Stephen G. Henning. Kat, what are you? You just joined Twitter for us. I did. You guys <laughs> peer pressured me into doing it. <laughs> Welcome. But I'm at, I'm at Cat Dwyer one. The one is important. Awesome. Yes. The, the one. one. <laughs> I'm at mountain, mountain underscore Torna. That's MTN mm-hmm. underscore Torna. Yeah. Well, and but, the show, you know what? once again, the show well, is at Whiskey yes. Bench Pod with an E. Whiskey with an E. Yes. Yeah. But I have been loving Twitter, and I'm loving tweeting, and I feel like <laughs> Henning's got great tweets. I feel like I have great tweets. Cheers. Absolutely. And no one's there to see him. Yeah. <laughs> so follow Join us. the party. Validate fun. me, guys. Jo- validate me. The validation of people I don't know is all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I've mostly just been retweeting things that are interesting. That's good. Right. I have one tweet. Everyone, it's a rant. Everyone has their own <laughs> That's it. their own Twitter brand. Everyone has their own Twitter brand. I'm into yeah, I think I'm still discovering. Yeah. Them. I'm into like stand up comedian and entrepreneurship Twitter. It's kind of where I live. Naval. Yeah. Naval. <laughs> Back to Naval. <laughs> Naval's my jam. Oh, we start talking about Twitter and Torna brings up Naval. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started the word shocker, but then I said surprise instead. That's why it sounded so weird. Surprise. You know, so like, I think there is value in Twitter. I do consider it the best website on the internet. Again, feel free to at me about that. We can talk about how cool Twitter is. Because <laughs> uh, if you, okay, so like, I, I can hold my own probably. I mean, as the beginning of today was evidence of like I can hold my own I can talk politics if you want to but it's really not what I think about that often so like if you don't like Twitter because you've been on Twitter before and it was all just political and stuff like mute button fam it's so easy <laughs> just <laughs> just mute the people you don't want to literally like when the campaigns for president started back in what year was that 1800 something <laughs> yeah, exactly. um uh 1770 <laughs> when was the first president <laughs> anyway yeah you know 10 years ago when 2020 started yeah right, exactly 
I just muted them yeah, all. Why like, are you talking about 2024? Literally, <laughs> literally everyone who showed up in the primary, I was just like, mute you, mute you, mute you. I don't care about you. Because like, what's nice about Twitter is if you mute an account and someone you follow retweets that person, you also don't see that retweet. Mm. It's very nice. You know, That's so like brilliant. if I mute, well, so I, I actually just recently unmuted him. But if I mute Andrew Yang and then Cat mm. for some reason retweets Andrew Yang, I don't think you would, Kat. You don't seem like that kind of person. Uh, she probably no, would, but I probably would. be roasting but, him. Well, yeah. <laughs> but so, like, I, I wouldn't see, like, I might see your response if you quote tweet it, but if you just wholesale retweet it, it just won't show up in my feed. Like, Twitter is thought through that, and it's very nice. You, hmm. can, you can curate it. Thank you. Yes. Curate yeah. is the right word. And honestly, so, Twitter people got mad when Twitter went from 140 characters to 280 characters. We all adapted. It's fine. But I, I, I just like the, I mean, so you can obviously, you can do Adapt really easy threads if you have a lot to say, but honestly, at that point, just like buy a domain and start a blog. Like Twitter is not blog, for yeah. essays, fam. But don't write a book for the love of God. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of books should just be blogs. Hey, you guys, mm, I just self-published fair. my ebook um, and I'm going to tweet about it now until you go find it. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically the energy you don't like, Torna, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so like, I like the short little little bits. Like, I like the the uh, constraints Twitter puts on. Like, crafting just the perfect tweet is so satisfying to me. And sometimes, like, like the tweet I just wrote and read about like just people engaging with me on Twitter, I laughed out loud alone in a room <laughs> when I wrote that. I'm like, that's funny. That's thank you. Um, it forces creativity for mm-hmm. sure. It most definitely That's does. Why I like it. Which or like weird abbreviations and like funky spelling. Definitely. <laughs> sometimes it just makes it really sloppy. Well, but, well, and sometimes yeah. the sloppy this, the sloppiness though is sometimes its own charm about Twitter. Like I read that tweet and then I had to clarify. Oh, by the way, it has absolutely no punctuation and there's no capital letters. Like. Mm-hmm. For some reason, when you read something like that, it just, I don't know. There's a charm to it. Anyway, all this to say. It helps express the tone. Thank you. All this to say, I think there's value in the short short tweet or meme, if you will. Um, Oh, (laughs) yeah. Snap. That was a good You see that transition? Because we wanted to talk (laughs) about memes, fam. (laughs) So uh, I think the tweet is valuable. And I do think the meme is valuable in that. You can say a lot with a single image and just a few lines of text with a caption. But what I worry about memes, I mean, so like we use the term meme culture in in our intro and in, in our trailer for this podcast. And kind of what we were going for is like sometimes you can say something funny or something true with a meme, but it's almost always at the cost of some extra detail or nuance or or facts that aren't being considered you know yeah Yeah. i started to think about for preparation for tonight i was thinking like what do we really mean by meme culture Mm -hmm. and sort of know what we mean but i kind of think i realize meme culture to someone outside of the whiskey bench podcast might mean (laughs) something different right and in, right. my, and in my mind, I was I was thinking the two sort of definitions that came to to me were either 
like the pop cultural trends that are spawned from viral memes mm-hmm. or what I think more of what we're envisioning or trying to define is like me a memes broader cultural effects of diluting our communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You just said that so succinctly. And I'm proud of you. That was so good. <laughs> it could be a tweet. Nice. Yeah. yeah, tweet that. Thank you. Hashtag. I don't know. What would you hashtag that? Whiskey bench? Whatever. Moving on. Yeah, no, it, you're almost you're almost speaking to the work of uh, Richard Dawkins when he wrote about mm-hmm. memes and the selfish gene and how like how right. memes are. I mean, yes, there are fantastic, funny memes on Instagram. But like that's not what he's talking about when he's saying memes. He's more speaking in like he's applying an evolutionary principle to explain like the spread of ideas and cultural phenomena. Um. So like yeah, he called memes like cultural genes. Right? Yeah. Right. Like, so yeah. examples part of where the name came. Examples from. in his book include stuff like melodies that get stuck in your head or catchphrases that you don't really know where they came from. Even just like concepts of fashion. Or how, like, no one ever really decides how architecture is going to evolve over a century, but it does anyway. And that's because mm-hmm. memes, like, the culture is, like, hitching its, like, hitching its wagon to something that's moving, but they can't really put words to it. Like, the meme is just, like, almost just, like, cultural movement in a way. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook.com slash WhiskeyBenchPod for Android users. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah, so in that context what are we getting at in, in saying we want to elevate our understanding of the world beyond meme culture? I think at least what I had in mind when I kind of pitched that phrase for our script was you know, like there, there are, it's not necessarily like I intention I want whiskey bench to always just be the people going against the grain, but like using that image, like going with the grain is kind of how I envision like the way Dawkins talks about memes, like it's just like the flow of culture. And it's not necessarily that we're trying to like constantly position ourselves as the people standing against that, but it is worth lifting our head up and being like, Hey, do we all know why we're going in this direction? (laughs) Can we talk about it? I think that's important to understand the context of memes that become viral backing up just slightly. I think memes are such a great and potent form of communication now because they're usually tied with an image and to be an image or a photograph is by definition like telling a story. So you already have a visual representation of a story. Right. Yeah. So a lot of what's happening is recognizable. The context of the picture sets a really easy base for then whatever text is put over it or whatever that meme might look right, like. Right, yeah. So a classic example is like the the guy walking with the girl who's leaning back over his shoulder oh, yes. yep. checking out the rear end of a passerby. Right. 
Yeah. Everyone knows what's going on, the story of that, and then anything that's put over it, yeah. you can basically, usually it's done with maybe like people looking at an inanimate object or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, You can definitely. put yourself into that story and, and translate it into like a quick, right. almost like a written out joke. I, there, I don't know. Well, the, or like a commentary on some other yes, part of life. Absolutely. Right. There's, exactly. there's an art form to it. And what, what the, what the internet meme is, it's like the internet meme is the, like the naked mannequin at the mall. And then what you choose, like the clothes you chose to put on it is like what you're trying to say. The mannequins, the image and the text is the clothing. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Like you, you yeah. get to mix and match the outfit and be like, well, and and usually like internet memes now, like the thing is just get them as funny as possible. Like, but at the same time, it's a, there, there's usually some clever commentary like embedded in the thing. Like it's, we're saying so much with so little and yet we're still losing yes. so much by saying so little. The people that create memes are incredibly intelligent and i would say if you make a successful meme you're generally fairly invested in culture right yeah the mass consumption of memes does not require that understanding that's a great way to put yeah oh yeah i, I kind of view it as like there's a double-edged sword with it um which i guess i'm just kind of expanding on what you both have just said but i i can appreciate sort of the art and the social commentary of saying so much with so little mm -hmm. but at the same time i think that you do you lose that nuance <clears throat> and it kind of feeds into sort of the increasingly the lack of nuance that's being increasingly like squeezed out of our public discourse it kind of feeds that problem yes. that i view it as yes. a problem and i think it feeds over that and contributes simplification to yes and if that's and and in conjunction with that, if if more and more people are getting um, sort of their, not even news, but just sort of their understanding of what's happening in the world and what's happening with our culture through this sort of instant, constantly changing thread of mm -hmm. of funny memes, there's so much that they're missing oh. <laughs> out oh. on. There's so much information that they're missing yeah. that, like, what are the long-term, what's the long-term impact of that? Right. Like, right. if people stop reading books right. or essays. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they just are consumed with social media and and memes, you know, in whatever form they take. Mm -hmm. What happens to our like collective knowledge over time? Well, it, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Torna. It caters to our lack of focus or our desire for immediate gratification. Same reason that like Vine was so successful, and we love Twitter, and we love little, you know, thirty second sound bits right. and things like that like we love quickly consumed media well yeah yeah that's true and you can tell so much in such a small amount of time with a meme and i think memes i think consuming this type of media has become so effective of late precisely because we've become so like maybe I could say intellectually divided where we kind of mm. know what our camps mm. are mm -hmm. and I can look at a meme and I can know exactly what Who, that person's politics are. Yes. I know what the point is they're trying to get across and on both sides of the do aisle. You, right. And you so it kind of just like reinforces your preconceived yeah. 
notions yeah. of things. Well, yeah, I think it's easy to feel like you know exactly what they're trying to communicate, but like that's that's the problem. That's the that's where you lose all of it. Like, I, it's it's easy to think you know what someone's trying to get across. So, okay, for example, this is this is story time with Henning. I <laughs> am members. Members. I am a member. I am members. Of, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is it's like a double whiskey in, you guys. Back off. <laughs> I am a member of a couple like private Facebook groups that are attached to podcasts I have chosen to support, like on Patreon or whatever. And mm-hmm. so in one of them, this is the the Bad Christian Club, um, as part of the the Bad Christian podcast. It, like a lot of people in the BC club are um, fans of like heavier, like metal music or hard rock or a lot of like experimental indie kind of stuff. Like a lot of th- those of us who are in that group are there because the hosts of Bad Christian are also in the band called Emery. And oh, good old punk. Yeah, it's like punk screamo, but I mean, like, old yeah, rock. it's, it's very know. good. Phenomenal. I love it. Anyway, there's there's quite a few people in that group who are big like metalheads like me. But so I made a post and this is a this is a famous meme. Um it's the uh (laughs) Steven Crowder Change my mind. Yeah, he's kicked back at the card table outside at a college campus and it's yeah, the change my mind meme. Um and he has this like he's holding this mug and he just has like this shit eating grin on his face. Like (laughs) I mean, like, you know Steven Crowder. So um, yeah, I love that right. meme. So I made a meme that said a specific band is overrated. Change my mind. And that's all that's all mm-hmm. the meme was. And all I was trying to say, like, they just had a new record come out and it's fine. But I posted up there like, you know, it didn't really hook me. Like, I like their stuff. I still like add them on Spotify because I think they're worth following. But mm-hmm. this this album didn't really do it for me. Throw him under the bus, baby. I want to know who Fit it is. Fit for a King is overrated. <laughs> yeah. Change my mind. Ah, uh, their new album, I would agree. Yeah. No, that's fine. Their first album's great. Eh. Anyway. Well, see, this- You don't have to change my not, mind. Okay. So what the post became, though, like, it's it's probably the thing that I've gotten the most comments on in this group. Like, I'll occasionally contribute with a post or two about, like, what the podcast mm-hmm. was talking about or whatever. But I just throw up this meme- and I get a bunch of like people laughing at it, bunch of hearts, bunch of likes, but then the comments turn yeah. into like, whoa, 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 no need for that. Like, yeah, I don't understand their rise <laughs> to fame. And like, so like all of a sudden the comment section became like, yeah, fuck them. And then also like, wait, I love them though. What are you talking about? And I accidentally started like a bunch of fights. <laughs> yeah. And so at my favorite comment, a guy came in, he just like swooped in at the end of all the energy that was coming in the comment section he's like yeah but like who gets to set the standard for like what music is overrated or not and my joking comment back was well me of course i made the meme (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you said that and then i got dunked on They're like, wait, oh you, my gosh. you think you're... Then the mob turned yeah, to seriously, you. seriously, <laughs> they were like, wait, you think you're the king? Like, you get to decide what good music is, good art is? And I'm like, whoa, that's not... <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is that their music is most definitely not fit for a king. <laughs> Anymore. Yeah. 
<laughs> so like I it, it was so weird. So what I did because I I just posted the image without any caption. You you apologized six or seven times on all of your social media no, platforms. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and you appeased to the mob. You put together a commission to think about how to make yeah. a change after can, this. So this can, mistake can, can be repeated. <laughs> can I read you what I wrote? And like, yes. it's gonna sound like I'm headed the direction that you guys just joked about. But hold tight <laughs> till the end, please. <laughs> hold tight. Just, just, I did not bow to the mob. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay. I said, edit. I originally just posted the photo to see what happened, and the more responses I see, the more sad I get. For the record, I like Fit for a King, so when I say, quote, overrated, I think I mean something like four instead of five stars. Even that makes me sad to say now, though. So look, I'm a podcaster and a musician, too, and can imagine coming across a meme like this about me and my work and feeling cut down. It's unfair to say something through a meme across the board and set myself up as the ultimate arbiter of art. I don't like playing the critic. I like the guys in the band and have spent time with them after a show even. They work hard and deserve their reception. Uh, Just because it's not at the top of my queue doesn't mean it's not good. And then I said, okay, I'll take my comment off the air. And then in parentheses, I said, except I won't delete the post because I think it's worth letting mistakes remain instead of trying to clean up after myself to look better. Fair. So, but that's, that's, that's oversimplifying. And like, I just, I walked into that so blind. I was like, oh, some people will think this funny. And like, I just posted it. I was like, oh, wow. I, I, th- there's a lot of responses here. <laughs> and so that's, and that is the result of not having the nuance, right? Right. If you had the opportunity, if you had like posted some lengthy explanation of what your full feelings were of this band, yeah. the comments, the responses would have been different. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm not saying you are doing this, but just like that in general like what is that does that just continue to sow the seeds of division further like is that like ultimately within our culture the more we kind of communicate this way does that just kind of reinforce this problem we already have it definitely it encourages that because now every time i post okay so like every time i post now in this group i'm not saying this has explicitly happened but we can imagine that someone who got really mad at me when i first posted the meme and wrote a very long like there are some very long comments on this you guys and like <laughs> i can imagine well so like you can imagine now that i posted that meme they posted this very angry response they might not have seen my edit where i clarified all that and like whatever it might feel like a walk back i i felt like it was important to be like hey like it's cool we're cool i promise but now because they've had that negative experience linked to my avatar and my name I can imagine that every time I post in this Facebook group, they're like, oh, that's that fucker who, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking guy. Who doesn't like that one band? Exactly. Like, and now all of a sudden yeah. I'm an enemy because I just like, I, I stepped in it by accident because I thought I made mm-hmm. a, something funny. It's because you did make something funny. That's, you were funny. It's People something don't we're like risking comedy. with memes though. Right. It's, it's true. But what's interesting about that is this is why I love edgy memes so much is because of. Mm. It's like lighting a dumpster fire. <laughs> like you can be a very clever person and write a great meme and never engage with any audience. And you can put that out and people will work themselves eat it into up. a frenzy. Yeah, eat it up. It's like throwing chum in the water. The best. And I think probably the most creative and most successful, whether it's intentional or not, 
are the ones where the comment feed has people from sort of like multiple different mm-hmm. ideological backgrounds or like political philosophies complaining about what they think that meme's saying, which kind of which gets to what you were it's just the saying. Interpretation Hannah, that like, you think game. you know, yeah, but you don't. Exactly. So it's real, and I think those are kind of. I mean, those are the most fun dumpster fires, right? Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I am one of those sick, sick <laughs> sociopathic human beings that loves going to comment sections of memes. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Right. I never engage. Oh, I do sometimes. Oh, but I just, I just smile. I'll throw some facts out. That's. Memers don't want that. Well, no, they're not. They're not here. <laughs> they're going to get facts. it. They're here. Yeah. Well, no, but that's the thing too. People love memes. Everyone loves memes. But the second that someone says something edgy or that that individual might perceive as inappropriate or incorrect, right. they get so upset. Yeah. And at the end of the day, people need to realize no, uh, yeah. that memes are jokes. It totally. Yes. It's totally they can true. be intelligent, kind of jabbing jokes, but they are jokes. Because there, there are comments on, on this post. I'm, I'm looking at them again, you guys, and I'm getting all very sad again because like, Oh, no. There are some very long comments about how, like, I should not even dare to try and be the person who judges overrated art or whatever. But then, like, the comment under that one is a guy who's like, yeah, finally something, someone said it. This band fucking sucks. And I'm like, that's also not what I said. Hold <laughs> that's on. That's not what I said. <laughs> that's also not what I said. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. But I think what memes have successfully done, they've become a thing that can be utilized by people who know how to wield them in an attention economy that has been built around social media like Facebook, Instagram. Like It's all about that 0.3 second impression, baby, because if you get that, mm-hmm. if they pause long enough on your posts, then you can monetize and Instagram makes more money too and you can sponsor posts and all this garbage. We've been trained to act this way and that's the scariest part about it totally yeah how do you break the cycle right because the incentive is to continue it the cycle is to sit through a long form one hour discussion about memes and podcasting yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no honestly yeah, exactly. i like honestly that's why i am obsessed with the art of podcasting especially by normal people like by the three of us and like my friends josh and emily who are on my other show ravel like we're just normal people who are trying to talk about what matters most to us. And it's this long form thing where all sorts of ideas get to be thrown out. And, but we're not here to like get the sound bite, like the sound bite in radio and on network television, like, you know, the 32nd clip of the newscasters like dunking on Trump or, you know, like Ben Shapiro destroys liberal. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> the clickbait headline. Exactly. Like YouTube does it, TV <laughs> yeah. does it, radio does it, but like podcasting, like if you're willing to invest the time to sit through like especially normal people just talk about what matters most to them and see what comes out, like this long form thing that podcasting does and what we're doing right now, I I really do think is part of the solution to that, like retraining our attention giving instincts to like sit with something for longer than 0.3 seconds and like not following just your favorite memes dealer because she always posts something funny. So this is good because you just mentioned Ben Shapiro. Um, (laughs) I do want to talk about Daily Wire. 
I really wish that Instagram allowed for linking stories directly from a post because I think the Daily Wire is probably the best memers around right now. Memers because they okay. tailor make they tailor make a meme for every like headline they post on Instagram. Hmm. And it's quite intelligent. They're funny. They're really funny. So they'll have a headline that's their news article, which you can't click on unless you go to their page, which is a bummer. But then you scroll right and they have Taylor made a meme for that story using popular formats Mm. and sometimes fairly unique formats. They I am laughing all of the time. Yeah. Whether or not I read the article or even agree with what's going on, they are hilarious. And so I would like to see more of that kind of memeing, if you will, where you have you have a greater context presented. Right. And then given that context, you then create a meme out of it. Well, so have you found and that that is bridging that? Yeah, that's true. Which also like I like Instagram. Fine. Instagram is is great. It's we know it's not great. I'm I'm on like I change my mind. Twitter, thank you for this. But like, you know what they could be doing is they could post a link to the article on Twitter and then just post the meme all in the same tweet. Like the image could show up. Right. The link could show up on bottom. Hashtag Twitter's better. Whatever. But like, have have they experimented? Have you found like because you can they can always build that like swipe up feature into Instagram if you get a certain amount of followers like you can link directly to I don't think they do they have enough oh and their stories yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. this is just like their main their feed post. Oh. they have like a link tree so you can go oh. to that and then yeah. find all the articles yeah. but, right you know there's ways around it so i've been reading a book about well it's about civilization in general and sort of what makes Ooh. a civilization come to be and be successful and that naturally kind of led into a discussion about Western civilization. And as I'm getting close to the end of the book, the author, um, Niall Ferguson, is starting to ponder sort of, and this was published in like, I think I want to say 2009. Oh. So it's a little dated now, okay. but um, sort of in terms of the the current events at the close of the book. But he starts to ponder sort of what leads to the destruction or the end of a prominent civilization. And he seems to be making the argument that it actually happens um, sort of suddenly and that most civilizations are more fragile than, than we think. Anyway, well, that, yeah, reading I mean... that book and thinking <laughs> about this discussion makes me wonder sort of, there's a lot there, but I just mean to say, Thinking about that book and this discussion, I wonder sort of if if this meme culture is leading ultimately to the loss of nuance within our um, like public discourse, mm. which mm. leads to a loss of nuance kind of just in mm. our in our um, in our culture. Right. How does that contribute to either empowering and strengthening or disintegrating and weakening our civilization as we know it. Yeah. Um, and is it something that's inevitable? Is it something that's a, a concerted effort? Not to be a conspiracy theorist, but, mm-hmm. you there know, so is it valued tangents. by some people? Yeah. Is it is it mindless and we're just all stumbling towards a cliff and nobody's noticing because we're all looking at our phones laughing? <laughs> I don't I know. I think 
It's got to be somewhere in the middle, a mixture of that, Mm -hmm. because we clearly know that kind of meme culture obviously is capable of actually changing culture. If you look at all of the great dupes that like 4chan has managed to pull off over the years and things like that, Mm -hmm. like directly infiltrating culture through memes and jokes and actually convincing people to change their behavior. Yeah, I mean, like QAnon works for a reason. Sorry, Torna, that was an interruption. Keep going. No, that's 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 the point, though. Oh, I mean, there, yeah. there are ways of... And political adversaries, Chinese yeah. Communist Party, like, right. does that type of um, sort of like internet warfare, I guess you it's could like call it. It's like cute propaganda, in a way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, pro- it's propaganda, but it's like fun and cute and harmless. I, I, I guess <laughs> maybe the point I'm trying to get to is that... Um, I think that like nuance ultimately is the enemy of the state, capital S state. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> because cause I think increasingly we've been, our public discourse has been devolved to this, um, like a binary choice. Uh, things are either good or bad. And, and there's no room for, discussion of the nuance where all of a sudden people realize there's actually it's more complicated and perhaps there's more sort of crossover between these two camps that have been designated Mm. and and i think sort of my line of thought is that nuance allows for diversity of ideas and diversity of ideas allows for dissent and dissent allows for individual individuality liberty over one's choices and freedom and so if you can move people away from those trends and move them towards a place where there's two options the state has the good option if you don't choose that option you're bad Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't listen to those people and you're an apostate so so i think it kind of it definitely feeds an authoritarian it's team building which would destroy civilization right yeah yeah it makes it really easy to be like well if things are black and white, then I'm obviously going to be on the white team or like the good team, whatever. Like, uh, yeah. And I think it could be manipulated, um, in such a way that it's like, Oh, I happen to be a Democrat and oops, Democrats happen to be like very like into socialism, you know, like, but there's, there's angles to that on both sides. Like it, like that, that was the example. But, um, Man. Right, right. Man, there's so much there, Kat. Wow. And maybe to sorry, did I light a dumpster fire? Nah. <laughs> but, um, maybe to Torna's point. Up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe to Torna's point, this was sort of like a this occurred naturally. It was in the sort of original definition of the word. It was just kind of a cultural gene. These things mm. emerge mm. naturally yeah. from our culture. Yeah. But it's capitalized upon by opportunities. Yeah. That yeah. I think. And exploited. I think. I think that's fair. I don't think that's new though. I don't, you know, like no. it's not new yeah. to the internet. It's not new to tween tweet. What memes or tweets? <laughs> um, tweets? <laughs> yeah. It, that's not new. It's Everything. like, uh, like how, how people, um, like, have you seen those pictures of people, like on a bus in a big metro city and they're all like head down like looking at their phones and somebody like tweets Mm -hmm. a picture of that puts a picture up and they're like oh isn't this disgusting like there are people right around you like 
why don't you talk to them? But then you put that next to a picture of like a shot of maybe a train from the 1920s and everyone's face is buried in the newspaper. It's like that. We're not doing (laughs) anything new here. Like they thought newspapers were going to be the demise of society because we're not talking to people. And did that happen? Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, yeah, there right. was like talk about people like teenagers reading books. Too How much dare they, they? To, like, get out and work, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Right. So that's yeah. for sure. No, you're right I, about that. And I think I think literacy and like a diverse diversity of ideas um, like my brain uh, made an association to the um, the democratization of of the Bible out of like out of the church. Right. Like this was a big thing for the Protestant Reformation as um, printing presses were coming online and like normal lay people could have a Bible in their homes instead of having to be like having to show up at the cathedral and have the priest tell them what it says. Mm-hmm. And like that was right. recognized as a threat by the church. Like, Oh no, if they can read this scripture at home, what are we here for? But all that does is like encourage like adaption or right? like that just encourages like in that example, it encourages it. It encouraged literacy. Well, literacy <laughs> and and industry because people right. started printing. Exactly. Right. Like that actually. And then you get publishing. Now then, Ferguson talks about how that was like a huge part of like advancing Western civilization. Right, yeah. be, for from a capitalist perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. Go on. Which is a like, man. What's the title of this book? I still want to read this book. I also think we should put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, we should. Um. Uh. It's called. Uh, well, the title sounds provocative, but it's civilization. Subtitle, The West and the Rest. Mm. And it isn't just about like how the West is great. It it does like a really, (laughs) it it kind of talks about like when China and and their different dynasties peaked and why they peaked then Mm -hmm. and didn't progress further and why sort of all the money and power in Latin America went to not, you know, and ended in just slavery and destruction. Anyway, it's very fascinating. So is something you're trying to speak to, Kat, is like the... uh, for lack of a better term, it's like the Patriot Act effect of like, oh, no, we're threatened. Like, let's give up a little bit for the sake of like national security. And now like the NSA exists and we have not like repealed or let the Patriot <laughs> Act die. Like I, I, there might be a little bit of that where to a point like, oh, yeah, a little bit of censorship is OK because I really don't like what that person says. And now all of a sudden, like what we're allowed access to in reading and podcasting and audio and video and all that, like what we're allowed access to is now being, uh, shepherded by capital mm-hmm. S state. Is that the, is that the angle? I think I'm finally trying, like starting to grasp what you laid out. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And then also just, um, I think the, the binary thinking and the lack of nuance is the is the big threat oh, yeah. to me Ooh, um yeah. and sort of the reductionist argument tactic i think blm that movement is a really good example of that where you know the slogan black lives matter right. of course i think black lives sure. matter most people probably do mm-hmm. you know and yeah. people who don't that's obviously abhorrent and and ridiculous right. uh or not ridiculous isn't that's an understatement it's disgusting right, right? Then when you look into, so what does this organization actually stand for? You know, so are you asking me, do I think Black Lives Matter or do you or do I want to dismantle the nuclear family, institute race quotas and implement like socialist redistributive policies 
to it's name like, a few things. Right. It's no, like, I'm not for that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and it, and and we're so inundated with this binary thinking that you can't quickly, briefly have a conversation with a neighbor or through a tweet or through, you know, a meme sort of explain that nuance and 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 that further like sows that division and forces people into camps right um and makes enemies of neighbors which is- yeah i think that's i think that's a pretty good example because like black lives matter as a phrase like that's a pretty good example of like a dawkins meme like a cultural gene that just kind of yeah. swept right right yeah. like it, yeah it, it becomes this thing where it's like well you're either for us or against us and if you're for us you're also like yeah, and like you lose all that nuance as soon well, as you say like print, yeah, right? but right like there's the there's the fine line in there. It's like what they did as a movement, like the official movement with the manifesto and all that that you were just quoting, Cat. It's like it's like the omnibus social movement, <laughs> right? Where it's like it's billed as one thing, but they sneak in a bunch of other things right at the last minute. Totally, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it's like, it totally it's like is. yeah, it's a bill that like <laughs> solves this one specific issue, but it's also two thousand pages, and we'll find out what's in there when it, when we get there, right? Like Obamacare, we have to pass it to learn what's in it. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, Jesus Christ! Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a pretty wild one. But yeah, like I don't know if I have anything to add to that. I like I like what you said about losing that nuance to like black and white. You're on this team or you're against this team. And it, it's very hard. It's very hard to do, especially when a lot of our communication happens digitally now in the in the uh, the waves of pandemic and whatever. It's like, you know, did <laughs> I've said Zoom more often this year than I ever thought I would have. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. you tell me Zoom, about it. Man. I don't I think I've to... ever said Zoom until Zoom? this year because I didn't know what Zoom right. was. <laughs> Zoom used to be a verb, but now it's a now it's an online yeah. place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh sorry, I'm ignorant in my uh English terminology here. Uh zoom is also a word that describes a sound. Is that in Zoom? Onom- yeah. Onom- <laughs> onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay. Zoom. Right. All right. <laughs> All I can think of is that Apollo and Pan's song. Zoom, 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 oh, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. <laughs> we should link that too. Yeah, that's it's a great, great song. song. <laughs> the weirdest show notes ever. This is what happens when we take three yeah. three weeks off from podcasting together. Our show notes are like my brain. Jeez, it's like... you guys. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice to see some memes though representing, even though maybe it's watered down, but the most recent meme that I enjoy very much is the communist Bugs Bunny meme. Oh, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly! Anyway, it's it's Bugs Bunny where he like has his hands folded together and he's looking kind of derpy, and it's painted red and it's got you know the hammer and sickle oh superimposed gosh. over it. Right. And uh, it's literally cap some whatever the caption is. Bugs Bunny has his hands kind of like greedily folded together and he goes hour and then whatever the meme's talking about. So, um, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to find a good example, but anyway, it's hilarious. It's, it's good to see things yeah. like, right? It's good to see you know, communism coming up in a meme and making a joke of it. But, for you, but right. for someone who's doesn't that thinks sort of the that communism isn't the threat that it is, and it's misunderstood, right. and Maoism is somehow different than Marxism. Right? They would see that and be deeply offended by right. it. Right? But this so. is, and that's where the meme culture degrades with the lack of nuance. Yeah, is that. 
only some people have the context of the history or whatever has led up to this meme. Huh. Yeah. And so unless you can present, here's a history of communism and all of the horrible, nasty things and the death and destruction and making a mockery of it is hilarious. Like without that, it falls short. Mm. So, all right. You know, it's, oh, wow. Wow. Steven, I'm looking at a picture of this communist book. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Wowzer. This, this is a powerful image. <laughs> <laughs> now okay now uh, uh, this is a good example and honestly i think the steven crowder like changed my mind um is a good example like if you're looking at the okay so cat you very successfully pointed out like yeah for you it's funny but for other people that's like a direct attack on their entire ideology right i i kind of wonder if the, these two memes being an example like this might be what cat you were talking about where it's almost like so to someone who is communist maybe even like tangentially sympathetic right there's there's a way to read the the expression on this guy's face as like oh yeah yeah i kind of <laughs> like there's a way to there's a way to read that as like yeah our suffering I get why he's, hoarding he's that. right and honestly <laughs> yeah. like i think i think uh big uh steven crowder fans could be guilty of like you know they paste they post a change my mind meme and that shit-eating grin he has on his face is not like a an egging on, but it's like a, yeah, I agree with him. Like, look how confident he is. Mm, right? Yeah. Like, again, yeah. there's there's the thing with these memes where it's like, you it could literally be interpreted opposite ways by two people sitting in a room together. Yeah, those, right. are, the, those are the really smart, clever memes. Right, because there's... Or maybe it's by accident in some cases. Well, and I think, <laughs> I think one of you said something about like... <clears throat> Maybe sometimes a meme could be guilty of like diluting the, so like if communism is the example, like diluting the evils of communism by attaching it to this like goofy, cutesy character, right? And now your brain is starting to be mapped to be like, oh, it's a like, it's a fluffy bunny. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little funny because um, that's what happens when it gets really bad. Like, yeah, there's the really bad examples of fascism. Like Hitler was bad, but like I'm not that far, but you're still like a reprehensible person. <laughs> right? So like Right. Right. There's a way that it almost like gives you a sense of like moral licensing where it's like, "Oh, it's cute. It's not like absolutely horrific." So where do we go from here? Like what do we sort of in keeping of the whiskey bench tradition of wanting to have some sort of Maybe not an answer or solution, but some sort of like positive, hopeful message. What do we think? What do we think about this? I would say consume and enjoy memes. They're important to our culture and they present a lot of relevant dialogue around said culture. But at the end of the day, remember that it's an incomplete representation of that. And generally, they're a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Oh, he's he's got a thought coming out. <laughs> Just wait for it. I'm thinking. I was like, I, I I don't know if I have a good thought coming out. I, so, update. I found I found it a version of the Bugs Bunny here, where so like the communist flag is like a watermark, and then I've seen a ver I've seen mm -hmm. a version of it where it's like the American flag over the same thing. So there's there's another example of like this bunny can be like the empty rocket that we just shoot into space. 
and you can attach anything you want to it. Like the meme I'm looking at is the, the bunny with the American flag. And it's like mom during an argument. And the bunny is saying my house, but mom during cleaning, it's the communist flag, our house. Our ch- yes, exactly. <laughs> right? like, and that one, yeah, that's a good example. There's of a way, it. Yeah. like, see, like right there, there's a way to flip it. And then it's just, it's, it's used. Right. Cause like, this is something I had in my Evernote here in my notes. It's like, even when they're used for humor, I think unless you're careful, unless, and unless you're like willing to spend the time, like digging into the nuance of it, maybe on a podcast that's like an hour and a half long, whatever, like we, we're trying to be funny, but we're trying to be funny to appeal to people who already agree with us. And usually we're being funny at the expense of the quote unquote other side. Like if we're, if we're team a, they're team B and team B is wrong. Like it's usually at their expense that we're making the funnies on the internet. Someone's got to be the butt of the joke. (laughs) But if you're okay, my but person then we're just spinning our wheels you know what i mean we're just right. like digging in deeper we're exactly not, we're not going anywhere unless you make and the butt of your, this is unless you make the butt of the joke yourself so this is this is going back to what i was saying like they're jokes and it's an incomplete representation of our culture i think it's great and it's okay to look at an opposing view or ideology or whatever it is and think that it's laughable and to create a meme about it but to let it end there is what is unhealthy. That's nice. A it's a good yeah. primer. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people that are on your side and maybe not so much for people that are on the opposite side, but you need to pair that with the nuance that we had mentioned. Is right. Lacking. Yeah. Yeah. There's a depth to an idea communicated by a meme that is not readily available. Right. Unless. Yeah. And yes. Exactly. Yep. Like, don't let it end there. You don't go to a very good restaurant. And only eat the appetizer and then leave. Like, <laughs> if that's the thing that right. proves to yes, you that, that the is chef a great is good, of it. if the appetizer is the thing that proves mm-hmm. to you that the chef is good, why would you just like throw your napkin down and leave after that and be like, that was a perfect meal? It's like, no, it was three pieces of toast. You got to have a full right. experience to yes. find out. Maybe it actually sucks by the time you get to exactly. dessert, right? Right. Maybe he's <laughs> really good at appetizers, but out. not very good at like a prime <laughs> rib. <laughs> I guess maybe think when you're looking at a meme, you know, mindlessly scrolling through meme pages, which I do every now and again. Sure. I love me a good meme. Um, try and maybe think about what's actually going on in that meme. This would be a good exercise for myself included. Yeah. You know, not so much the old school style of memes that really are just jokes, but if if the, it's making some sort of social statement yeah. Yeah. or... It's a picture that's linked to something that's political or religious or whatever. Maybe instead of spending that, whatever it is, half a second, I'm sure there's data on how long people spend looking at me. Uh, yeah. Maybe actually look at it for a couple minutes and, and kind of reflect on that. So I like, I like the idea of just like pre-making a decision, like setting a rule for yourself, like the idea of a habit or ritual or whatever. Use screen time. For your iPhone users, use screen mm-hmm. time. Look at how much time you spend looking at Instagram or Twitter, like wherever you do your most meme consumption. Look at how much time you're spending on average every day on Instagram. Again, if that's where you get your memes, then like take two weeks and look at the average. Then make a commitment after those two weeks to at least read a book for the same amount of time every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Fair. Right. Balance. Exactly. Balance. It's like. Yeah. Don't don't expect to get all of your knowledge about society, culture, art, music, religion, politics, whatever from social media. Right. And, and for the, expand for the beyond love that. of God, <laughs> if you get your memes on Facebook, yeah. stop it. Leave Facebook. <laughs> why, a, why are you on that Facebook? That is yeah, the I, eternal I, dumpster fire. Okay. I know. I want to get my organization off Facebook. It's I useless. kind of don't want to be on Facebook. It's literally, if you actually like, dig into it, and I've dug into it because I have to manage like a business mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. The only way a business page can get any of their content viewed by is more than like 100 to put it in front less. of them. You got to yep. pay for it. That's the entire platform, their algorithms, mm-hmm. all of it has yep. changed. It's all geared towards monetizing yep. it. Which is right. why. And so, you so know. So, like, I forget. Is Whiskey Bench on Facebook? I honestly forget. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> so, active. Okay. Yeah, well, so, like, that. Maybe maybe we should just ditch no, Facebook. Dude, that's, that's the thing. Is Okay, so uh, in August, I uninstalled Facebook from my phone. And I've logged mm-hmm. into Facebook three times since then. On my computer, right. and I I dip in, I check in on. This is when I posted my "Fit for a King is Overrated" meme, and then I got blasted, which made me <laughs> further be like, "Nope, not for you, not today." This is a bad right? place. Like, this is, oh no. Um, but yeah, like personally, I haven't used Facebook. I still have my account because my account is linked to my No Normal People f- Facebook page. But like mm-hmm. in January, like my other podcast, Ravel. We decided to kill our Facebook page because we weren't seeing anything like no one was going there. We weren't getting any engagement. And it's because their algorithm is like built to make them money now, which is why in January, no normal people is leaving Facebook as well. Maybe nice. we should just like just completely coup. What do you all? Sorry. This is a ah. what do you all think about the uh, the antitrust stuff hitting the courts? What like today? Mm. I want to talk about that next okay. episode. Let's do it. I want to talk about that and censorship Ooh, next episode. I was that's a good. That I mean, perfect. We got it set up then. L- little Look teaser, at us go, fam. Oh, there we go. All you beautiful whiskey babies <laughs> right. out there. Whiskey babies. <laughs> wow. Whiskey babies. No. <laughs> I regret what I say now. Hashtag, hashtag whiskey babies. <laughs> That's up there with hashtag tomorrow yeah. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yes. know. We'll know if you listened to this entire episode, you the listener doing the dishes, shoveling the walk. We'll know if you tweet at us, hashtag whiskey babies. <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly. know. Okay. Well, it's so good to be back at a microphone in, uh, with you guys. Like I've, I've missed this. This was a delight this is this is a delight and i'm really excited i'm going to be headed up to the mountains this weekend and gonna do the editing at the cabin excellent this will be great if you want to come to a cabin this weekend you're invited (laughs) right on (laughs) well uh, how's that virtual cheers it's good to talk fam virtual cheers Cheers. let's give it a clink Oh, turns out update. Turns out champagne glasses make really good tings. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Thank you.